Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podca- podcast with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand <laughs> Bearded legend. <laughs> Come on. Mr. Paul Levy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome hey, back. Hey. The reason why we are laughing <laughs> is because Steve fluffed his first name on the original <laughs> one that we recorded, so... Um, you know, who can control that? Oh, so wow. this is episode 84. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It seems ages since our last podcast, so there is loads to catch up on. A couple of bits of uh, business before we do uh, move on to official or usual business. <laughs> just um, just to mention that we'd forgotten to mention the stadium tours that took yeah. place during the half-term holidays at the end of October, run by the Leighton Orient Trust, Howard Gould and his team. The tour was booked up well in advance, which is really pleasing and it was a thoroughly enjoyable experience so thank you to Martin Strong who brought that to our attention um, also um, present on the tour was Adrian the Kitman, Ada Kitman so um, he talked about his his work and um, the long hours that he puts in I think there was one story that they'd got back I think from Hartlepool or, or oh, somewhere and he like didn't that. finish yeah, till yeah. one o'clock in the morning so you know, he's not just there just to lay out a couple of towels and a couple of t-shirts and shorts and whatnot. He's there to do the whole lot, and it's not as easy as what people might think it is. He's not just a pretty face, is he? No, <laughs> no, he's not. So, also, we um, we meant to do this on last weekend's podcast, but we didn't do a podcast like last weekend. But we'd like to wish Harry Hebron a belated happy eighth birthday. So he, Harry was eight on Monday, seventh of November, which was last week. So happy birthday, Harry! Have you had a good Absolutely. day? And I saw the pictures of you before the, the Colchester game so I uh, hope you enjoyed Colchester yeah. and I'm sure you did yeah absolutely great great result there as well which we'll cover later on now moving on then to the supporters club our friends over there are running coaches to Doncaster and to Wickham Doncaster is Saturday the 26th so it's just under two weeks away now um, coaches will leave the club at half past eight in the morning 28 pound your adults 25 pound concessions and there is a three pound surcharge for non-members as well as that there's Wickham on the 17th of December so it's a little way away but get yep. booked up nice and early uh, coaches leave the club at 11 o'clock for the short trip around the M25 uh, £20 your adult 17 concessions and there is a £3 surcharge for non-members as always you can go into the supporters club and see um, Simon who yep. stands on the right as you go in he stands uh, they're waiting to take your, your bookings or you can call the travel line 07722135970. Yep, the supporters club will also open at midday on Saturday uh, for the Blackpool game and we'll be showing whatever footy is on the telly before and after the Blackpool game. So if you fancy a pint beforehand, go to the supporters club or if you fancy one after, go to the supporters club exactly. as well. Yep, um, following episode 83, we received uh, more email a, traffic than normal, yeah. actually. Um, so we're just going to read through the three uh, that, that, that we've got here ready for you now. And if you want to email us, if you're not on social media, um, that's absolutely fine. We're orientoutlook at outlook.com. So for those of you not on social media, yep. you can keep in touch with us. Uh, first email is from Martin Strong, who um, goes on to say, There were troubled times at our club, that's for sure. Interesting and depressing rumours I've heard at the club include the fact that Jens Jans is almost assured a place in the team every week, as he is the only player who can speak Italian, and Alberto uses him to convey orders to the rest of the team. He's useless, ain't he? Yep. That's what he says. Yep. Also heard the pals upstairs really rate Semedo, and FB Francesco Bacchetti is virtually telling the manager that he 
has to play every week so that he's in the shop window so that bigger clubs can come in and buy him. All a bit farcical, really. Really fear we could go down. Oh, well, got to keep smiling. Keep up the great work with the podcast. Up the O's, Martin. So cheers for your email, Martin. So these emails were following the crew game. And Martin's also got a book... Um, I can't remember the title of actually. You bought it. I bought it. I've started reading it. Um, can't remember the title. Head as well. Yeah, but um, Martin's book is very good. He sells it in a supporters club before matches. I can't remember the. Uh, oh, the that's name really of the bad. Book. Yeah, sorry, Martin. Caught, caught me out there. Caught at me. So second email is from James Hudson, who said, "Hello, boys. It appears some are hoping Bichetti will sell the club, having realised he has failed. I can't agree with this. Bichetti is still meddling in team affairs." As per Caverson's post-crew comments, his stubbornness in that regard is probably a good indication that he will remain the owner even if we were to drop out of the league and continue to decline. I hope I am wrong, but Bichetti has given us nothing to feel hopeful about James in Sydney. So thank you, James, for your email. Much appreciated. And a lot of people, I think, feel the same way about Bichetti. They're getting yeah. involved. And, you know, it is what it is, I guess, at the moment. And you're not going to get much further away in terms of what location in, uh, for the, than that. So we take emails from wherever you are yeah. in the globe listening to us. Thank you very much indeed. And the third email is from Cliff, your In Outlook official chauffeur, even though he's not <laughs> done any chauffeuring recently. Uh, he said, hi guys, I wasn't at the game against Cruz. I was not in the country, but I heard it was the worst of the worst of performances. It normally doesn't bother me who does the players' post-match interviews, but I felt after Saturday's result and our current league position that it does matter which player comes out and speaks to the media. To me, surely it should have been a senior squad player and the team captain doing the post-match interviews. A player who has played all season, who is seen to be standing up to be counted and taking responsibility for the result. Performance, sorry, for the result, performance, as well as our league position. I feel it is these players I mentioned that should be talking to the media and answering the difficult questions. It was therefore very disappointing to see a player who has been at the club no more than 48 hours doing the post-match interview and also making statements that the team morale is high. So there he was talking about Michael Collins yeah, coming yeah. out and doing the interview. Yeah. Yep. To me, it shows we have a squad of players who don't want to stand up and be counted and take responsibility for our current position. Basically, they have no bottle. Collins mentions morale is high among the players, but it's these same players who are willing to allow a player of no more than 48 hours to speak on their behalf and take all the flack for what was a woeful team performance. To me, it, speak, to me, it speaks volumes about the squad and what kind of message does it send out. Not a good one. Thanks, Cliff. Yeah. So, make some real salient points there, Cliff, and, and, and have to agree that, I, I, you know, that Robbie Weir being team captain should, should be yeah. coming out to do it. Absolutely. All right, can't do every single... Post match, but you've got yeah. plenty of seniors there. Alan Dunn, Nicky Hunt, Callum's come out a couple of times. Yeah, yeah mate, I, I agree with you. I agree <coughs> with you. I agree with you. Some great points. So, like Paul said, anywhere in the world, we take all your emails. So, email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. So, moving on to the fortnight that was. So, Monday, the 31st of October. It feels like ages ago. It does. It's uh, only two weeks. Yeah. So, new signing, Michael Collins, spoke to the new recorder <coughs> about the crew match, which we lost 2 0. So, Michael said, the fans pay good money, and when they come here, they want to get entertained and see good results, and especially for a club like this. As players, you just have to accept that. Obviously, I've just got in the building this week, but the players have been really positive. I certainly do not sense anybody worrying or a lack of confidence, which you do find in some dressing rooms. So, good to hear that from Michael. And again, Michael seems like a well-experienced player, good addition to the squad. Seems like he's been in enough dressing rooms to know what he's talking about in regards to that. So. 
Yeah. Happy days with that. Absolutely. Tuesday the 1st of November, then Liam Kelly speaks to the official Orient website about his injury, where it is also revealed that he hopes to be back involved for the final months of the season. He said, going into the scan, I knew there was some damage there. It was just a case of how bad it was. It wasn't nice to hear, but that's not. there's not a lot you can do about it. It's happened and you just have to move on and get your mindset on getting back fit and playing. Yeah, he also wanted to say that although you want to get back as quick as you can, there is no need to rush it. Sometimes it helps just to take that little bit of extra time to make sure you have recovered fully and can do yourself justice when you are back playing. So that was what Liam had to say, and hopefully he'll be back soon. You know, Liam started the season quite well. I'd say he's probably our best player. He got quite yeah, a few shame. vital goals chipping in from midfield. And um, him and Atangana were starting to understand each other's game. and I think it's been a big loss. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's been any... Uh, Coincidence that since Liam's been out, we've kind of slided downwards in the league a bit, and we you know, have slid down he's, a lot. He's been a bit of a yeah. miss, so we hope he's back uh, soon. Well, the statement says last few months, so that could mean anything really. Probably after Christmas, yeah. I'd, I'd reckon. Hopefully um, sooner rather than later. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Paul McCallum and Aaron Pollock. This is still Tuesday, the first of November. Paul McCallum and Aaron Pollock are out for the Late Orient Trust, and they visit Copper Mill School for the Trust's. Pro- um, uh, primary style session so good work gents thanks very much indeed yeah, for, for sparing the time to do that it is appreciated I'm sure yeah. by the kids and that they've done very well there so Wednesday 2nd of November to speaking about the kids the youth team were in action in the FA Youth Cup first round so they were drawn away to South End and by half time they were 4 new up which is incredible I wish I'd have gone yeah in Roots Hall as well imagine to Beating Southend 6-0 on Roots Hall. Some people, so there's quite a few fans did go yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. So second half saw another two goals added to the scoreline for the youngsters and it finished 6-0. So Tristan Abrahams started the route. He later added the second just three minutes later. Sam Dorby scored one in each half. That name props up. Ever since everyone kind of sat here opposite us talking to us about Sam Dorby, I always look out for that name. Yeah, I do too. Um, and Josh Caroma and Real Citriou also got on the score sheet. So 6-0. Absolutely outstanding results. So well done to the youth. So the official Twitter feed were covering it as a proper match. So we got quite a few tweets in after the match. Like it was a proper match. So we'll mention yeah, a few. So firstly, from at Paul R. Gregory said, super win for the young O's. A big lift for the club. It sure needs this and much, much more. Yeah. Johnny underscore 2699 said, I think it's quite clear we need to play more youth players. Couldn't see our first team beating any League to Academy team 6-0 at the moment. Yeah, great wow. point there, Johnny. At Xavier Semedo, <laughs> said, really want to see the likes of Dorby, Abrahams, Karoma and Alzate get more chances soon. They seem to have more fight. Yeah. Good point. At HRPC UK, that second Dolby goal was class. It was a great performance from all out there today. So, you know, the youth continuing to impress. Absolutely. So Thursday, 3rd of November. So we ran a Player of the Month poll on Twitter, um, which ended at 8pm that evening. So we had four nominations. So the results came in. In fourth place, with 8% of your vote, was Nicky Hunt. Debbie yep. Massive. Yep. Third was Oli Palmer, with 23% of the vote. In second was Alex Chizak with 27% of the vote. I think I voted for Chizak actually. I can't remember because it was so long ago now. Yeah, I, I think I voted for that. I know winner. who you voted for. Uh, but the standout winner and Paul's favourite player, Nigel. 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 So Nigel Atangano is the Orient Outlook player of the month for October. He won the competition with 42% of the overall vote. So well Stalled done, it. Nigel. Well done, bud. And he's well such deserved. a nice guy. Do you know if you catch him after a match... 
because he hangs around for a little bit. He talks to people. Yeah. He's so happy to just talk to people, and it, it just you know it's just an absolute blessing. It really is. He's Do you know what? Good I was, quality. I was thinking about that the other day actually because I was thinking about Nandalay coming back, and I remember speaking to Nandalay, which we'll come on to I guess when we start talking about Blackpool Saturday. But Nandalay is a really nice bloke, and they're all quite quiet and quite yeah, reserved. They, they get on the pitch, you know, but like, <clears> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's almost like an act, isn't it? That, you a know, little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up here. So on Friday the fourth of November. Uh, the under-18s are drawn away to Paul in the second round of the FA Youth Cup. The tie has to be played by the 19th of November. Yep. Sean Clahessy, um, ex-Orient right-back, signs for Braintree Town. Bit yeah. of an eyebrow raiser, that one. I'm amazed he's gone to... I'm amazed like another league two hasn't come in for him. Or well, like a, a Vauxhall did he, he left at the same time as Cox. So he, got, he got released that evening. Right, so he was in before. before so he could, he could have signed for another league club and, you know... We signed him from, I think we signed him from Colchester. I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right for the most part. Some crosses were uh, not the best, but I definitely think he's a League Two he player. He was poor for a lot of it, to be fair. Yeah. Whether that's because of everybody else being poor, I don't, don't know. know. But I'm, I'm surprised. He started off under Hendon very well. Surprised League Two manager. I'm surprised if someone like Barnett haven't gone right. We'll try to pick him up on the Chief and see if we can get him in. Yeah. Just, just amazed by that. But I we agree. wish Sean all the best. I talked to the star man where we met now today. I had a good chat with Sean and he was a nice guy. You know, he said he didn't really think right midfield was his place. And he gets told to play. He there, gets told to play there. So I guess you know you're not going to kind of say I don't want to play a game today. You're going to go out there and do it. So yeah. we wish him the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, XO um, <clears throat> Connor Essam plays for Eastleigh. Uh, and uh, he put, turned out for them in the FA Cup against Swindon. He played well, actually, and made a great goal-saving block in the 77th minute. The game ended 1-0, and the Eastley team, actually, I noted, was full of experienced Championship League 1 and League 2 players. It's, yeah. it's quite unbelievable. Ronnie Moore's the manager there. I'm not going to harp on about so this. So you only mentioned, you only saw that, because it was on Match of the Day, wasn't it? It was on telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on telly, yeah. So, yeah, so I think the replay must be either tomorrow or Wednesday, so it'd be interesting to see how they get on in that. Yeah. So, Saturday, 5th of November, the under-18s remain unbeaten as they drew one all away at Cambridge with Stephen Elzarte grabbing equaliser. So, well done, Steve. And uh, O's, I believe, still unbeaten in that league. I think so. After that match. So, Sunday the 6th of November, Sheffield United away, FA Cup first round. The team lined up with Chisak in goal, Dunn, Hunt, Parks, Kennedy... Massey, Weir, Atangana, Samedo were your midfield and Palmer and Simpson uh, were up front with substitutes Sam Sargent, Aaron Pollock, Jens Jantz, Zan Benedetic, Collins, Bowery and McCallum. Two changes from the crew team as Alan Dunn and Jay Simpson come in for Jens Jantz and Jordan Bowery. Thoughts on that? I was quite happy with that team. I remember like, thinking that's a pretty decent team. Should give a Sheffield United a game. Yeah, you? I, I, yeah no, I, I absolutely agree with that. On paper, it's a very strong team, full of experience. He hasn't gone for, you know, too young. He's, there's a bit of youth and, and, and a bit of experience out there. Um, and to start with someone like Jay Simpson, I thought that I thought that, yeah. was, a, I thought that was a good decision. I would agree. So we had loads of tweets because it was on a Sunday, so it was a bit different, a bit of a different dynamic to this game. Um, and a few of the tweets that we received were mentioned. So at Nigno Barone 27. So there was a strong lineup. It means nothing if the performance isn't there. It's almost like Nino can see into the future. So we'll, come to, Meg. we'll come on to Mystic Meg in a bit, yeah. At O's fan basing, but who speaks Italian now? <laughs> Very good. And at Lawton Gamst, said, in theory, good enough to storm League 2 and have a chance today. In practice, we'll be lucky to avoid a hammering. Well, well, well. <laughs> Never a truer word spoken in jest. So Absolutely. Just a very, very quick rundown yeah. on this match here. In the 12th minute, Oli Palmer did well to get past Wright. Gets in the box, but Wright made a tackle before Palmer's effort 
was tipped behind. Yeah, in the 22nd minute, Sheffield United took the lead. It's Chris Basham headed, headed in after good work by John Fleck. Uh, as we got done by a short corner, we really did get done by a short corner. We did. Defense was terrible. very slow to react. Gave um, John Fleck all the time in order to get his cross in, and a very basic goal, very poor defending. We found ourselves a goal down again from another set piece. And George Sessions tweeted, uh, good footwork by Chapman as he forces Chisak to save. Goal behind and Orient look void of confidence again. That's just three minutes later. Yep, and in the 35th minute, Jordan Barry came on for Ollie Palmer, who had to come off following an injury. Just can't catch a break. Uh, Sheffield United then had another two goals before half-time to make the game over as Stefan Schoolgirl... Uh, volleys into the ground and it finds the bottom corner after Orient failed to defend another set piece. Then Kieran Freeman heads into an empty net after Alex Chisak can only parry across two more pieces of poor defending, really. So we go in at the break, 3 0 down. It's terrible defending. It's poor. All those goals were really All poor defending. Poor. Shouldn't you're have... just like watching them just going, what, what is going on? What yeah. are you doing? And it was a horrible day. It was a Sunday. I just felt sorry for the fans who made the journey. You know, it seemed basically didn't show up and get going and it just seemed like ever. an absolute ever something must have happened well in the dressing room beforehand because you can't just go out there and, and, and just forget about defending uh, it looks like we did we had a massive reaction uh, a huge reaction actually on Twitter by looking at the tweets um, <coughs> that we got so at Matt Bristow I think who mentioned this before the game and who always kind of picks up on things that don't get picked up on. So, yeah. care to explain why we concede from three free kicks? So, that was in, in regards to the goals we conceded. Yeah. Uh, George O. Irwin, 77. O's players booed after the third. Quite rightly. Shocking first half performance. At Bhutan JP. said, Sheffield United is a tough test, but I don't think it mattered who we'd have been drawn against at any level of the pyramid. At Neil underscore Watson 37, maybe the club should stop paying the players until they show some passion or put some effort in. Yeah, good point there, Neil. At Orient, boy, said even the non-league teams aren't being this embarrassed in the cup ties. Yeah, True. Good point. Very good point. At Kid Sampson O said, good to see those double training sessions. Fitness <laughs> expert Bacchetti ordered a paying off. And at LFC 1971, <laughs> said I've never known a zone to score a goal. Players score goals, maybe mark the players rather than the zones. Good point there. There you go, yeah. Good point. Attendance was announced at 6,099 with 316 brave souls making that trip on a horrible Sunday, wet, cold November day. Yeah, to Sheffield. To Sheffield and saw their team down 3 yep. and a half times. So second half kicks off. Surprisingly, with no subs for the Orient. No changes. 54th minute, it became four as Harry Chapman... Dribbled past numerous players. It was about two or three. Embarrassing. Done it. And then, great finish. Put it past Chisak really well. But as good as the finish was, it was poor defending yet again. And 4-0, you're just thinking, see you later. Not your day, is it? You might see as well just later. pack up and go home. Yeah. Um, 50, in the 65th minute, George Sessions tweeted, awful pass by Parks and Brooks runs at the Orient goal. Passes to Coots, but Chisak saves with his feet. Should have been 5-0. And it was only four minutes to wait until it was 5-0. In the 69th minute, Harry Chapman adds another up following it. To be fair, a very decent cross. But again, the defence kind of just caught out by the ball in the box. Couldn't defend anything. Chapman, decent header. To be fair, that Chapman kid, they got a line from Middlesbrough. He looked, he looked, he looked superb. Lost but, it a bit. You know, we didn't really put up any kind of fight in defence, I'd say. They didn't really play with any strikers, apparently, either. No, apparently not. And there was a, lot, a few Sheffield United fans, and I know a couple from work. Obviously, you work in this country, as they said, you were the poorest team we've seen there in a, in a long couple of years. It turned into the point where they weren't... There was no banter between us. It was more kind of a... 
oh, a feeling sorry for you. Yeah. Whereas it should it should have been banter. You know, that's the kind of whole thing leading up to that week. Yeah. Um, so 70th minute, Paul McCullum came on for Jay Simpson. In the 74th minute, Massey got booked. Yeah, 77th minute, Alan Dunn picked out Massey with a really good pass. He delivers a great cross, but unfortunately McCallum headed over. Yeah, 80th minute, Jens Jantz came on for Tom Park. Tom Parks, who limped off. Yeah, two minutes of stoppage time are played as Harry Chapman completes his hat-trick following a poor back pass from Alan Dunn, who had all the time in the world to pass the ball <laughs> forwards, and he underhits it back, made it 6-0, game over. Good night, God bless you I mean, for was... coming. That was probably the worst one out of all of them because that was just a terrible individual error. Great finish by Chapman, to be fair. Took it Dinked really it over well, him, didn't but dinged it over him, but six 0 and that was just to put the icing on the cake really for them and just to cap off what was an absolutely awful day. So the full time whistle went, and somebody got quite a bit of coverage. So taken at George Sessions' tweet again, who tweeted told Paul McCullum was the only LOFC player to acknowledge the away fans at Bramall Lane. Which is incredibly poor. And do you know what? Poor. I absolutely agree with that 100%. Yeah. No excuses there for the team not to do that after you've been trounced 6 0. First so, thing you should be doing is going up to that way and then clapping them and apologising and taking that shot yeah. off your backs and giving the crowd something to uh, hang on to after that day. Terrible. Yeah, to wipe all the muck off their car. Terrible, mate. Yeah. Terrible. Um, so, Kavasin said post match, it was a very bad performance. We're not ready for this situation. You can lose against a stronger opponent, but conceding four goals from set pieces and not having an adequate reaction isn't a performance good enough for us. Yeah, he went on to say, we do perfect training sessions during the week. The players work hard, follow, get ready, and under this aspect, you cannot ask more from them. And on Saturday, if it's not one thing, it is the other. So he sounded as frustrated as all of us, but he's the manager and he's the one whose responsibility it sits on to uh, sort those issues out. So... You know, terrible day all round. So, your views on uh, on the cup exit, Mr Levy? Absolute embarrassment. I think the management and team and the players should really feel absolutely ashamed of themselves. Um, it's a shame that football isn't played on paper as we would be topped by a mile and we would be um, in, in, next re- in the next round of the cup. But sadly, it's played on grass and we're just not good enough to play on grass. <laughs> I like we're it. Not, I um, like it. I, I, I didn't expect us to win, but I didn't expect yeah, a thrashing either. Agree, agree. Um, the team don't seem to be a team. It's more of an 11 individuals going out to do a job and, and not doing it very well. And while I appreciate things behind the scenes are not what they should be, the players are responsible when they cross the white line. Some of the mistakes being made are not even schoolboy level and they need to be cut out immediately. Yeah. You? Well, I, I, I'm glad we're not recording this last week because I was... I'm normally Livid. quiet. I'm normally alright after a defeat, but I wasn't after last Sunday. But yeah. I was a bit ranty. So you know, like we said before the match, looking at the team, I was quite hopeful. Um, but what can you say? You know, poor defending again, just terrible. And you know, like I've said, the players should have been ashamed of themselves, especially at back four. Well, all of them actually. To be fair, you know, things aren't ideal off the pitch at the moment. But the team are all grown men. They all play for our club. They all live our dream. You know. How cool would it be for you know to play for later on? How much would you respect that? And you know, they just don't seem to be asked. You know, they're all good money for for, for players. They've all got to crack on and crack on. You know, I think me personally, I'm not interested in Callum Kennedy. What he's got to say after the match, after you lose six nil, you know, we must get better. Blah blah blah. And a few people said he's brave for talking to the press. No, he's not. You lost six nil. It's your responsibility. You should all be out there talking to the press saying it's not good enough. Mm. Um, for me, a brave thing to, to do personally would be, you know, if the, the club or those players donated their match fees onto those hard working, hard supporting people who travelled God knows how many miles to go to games or those. Give their team. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, which they haven't done. 
Um, and you know the thing that we've mentioned about McCallum being the only one to applaud the fans is absolutely outrageous. So just not very happy with it. And Caverson's post-match interviews were laughable again. Obviously, the, the translation isn't being translated as it should be, or he's not really understanding any of the questions put to him. So all in all, a terrible day. Yeah. So those were our views, your views, and there were plenty of them. So yeah. these are a pick of what we got. Yeah. D. David, you said, I'll. I've had enough. When FB goes, I'll come back. Hashtag divorce. Hashtag after 40 years. Hashtag thanks for the memories. Hashtag non-league will be better than this. I think there's hash- too many hashtags there. Some great hashtags though. Yeah, first time in 34 <laughs> years that we have lost by a six-goal margin. Don't think we'll have to wait another 34 for another. Yeah, LOFC Chaz said we need players who want to play for the badge and not for the money. At least our first choice centre-backs aren't injured. Yeah. At Leighton, Leighton Orient said, not quite our biggest FA Cup defeat. That was in the 20s where we lost 8-0 to Villa, but in the top three. Wow. Great memory there. Yeah. At Ron well. Sampson, 15, said, what's happening is breaking my heart. Bichetti must go. He is poison. The players have no passion or heart, but our owner is the real problem. And this is the thing. So at Paul underscore LT2P said, I didn't think we would win. Hoped we would score, didn't expect them to try. Did Sorry, did expect them to try at the very minimum. What next? Yeah, LEJ88 says it's undeniable now that Bichetti chaos is manifesting itself on the pitch because individual players are so much better than that. Wiz captaincy surely has to be under scrutiny now too. Total lack of leadership off and on the pitch. Again, Robbie, the whole Robbie Ware captain thing keeps cropping up. Yeah, at JD002825, that clown shoe of a manager needs to be sacked now. Get Edwards in, steady the ship, otherwise it's conference and oblivion. Well, at Barney Nash, said Cavison, setting aside that one shot result at Hartlepool, one goal has lost everything else. At LOFC 1978, players are an effing disgrace, being overshadowed by FB issues for too long, need to start taking some of the flack. Yeah, I like that one, I, I agree with that. I thought the players got off far too easily uh, in the last couple of weeks when they've lost. It's just kind of been pinned on behind the scenes, but... You know, I think you've said it numerous times in the pod, and so have I. That when those players cross the right line, play for yourselves and play for your pride. You know, if it, play for your family, play absolutely. for your kids if you've got them. You know, it's not, it's not right. Absolutely. At um, Windy and BW said, it's truly shocking. It's truly looking like the first time Orient will leave the football league. It's the ownership we have had no consistency since. Yep. Yeah, Orient Dave just said disgusting. Worst performance ever. Not fit to wear the shirt after that. Ian K. Richardson, batter the manage, batter the management as much as you like, but the players have to take some responsibility. Yeah, at Conway underscore Nigel. Said, I feel shell-shocked after listening to the commentary and also seeing the goals going in on the BBC. Hashtag clueless. Hashtag Cavison out. At Slime Slady 68 I like that one. It's even worse now than the 94-95 team, including the likes of Haig, Rufus, Wilkie, Gray, Ryan, Barnett, Dempsey and Barry. Mate, some of those names are absolutely superb. Vaughan Ryan, Ryan yeah, Gary course. Barnett, yeah, yeah. superb. Vaughan Ryan actually follows us on Twitter. I don't think he listens, but he follows us on Twitter. Okay. I'm happy with that. So does yeah, uh, Glenn Wilkie. Yeah. So does Glenn Wilkie. At LukeBR1998, it's just total disgrace. Feel for the Orient fans who travel to Sheffield to watch utter mm. no belief. <laughs> Bichetti needs to go. At PDR1112, the players should be put on performance-related pay. The way they are playing at the moment, they'd be skint. Bichetti out. You like that one? I like this one because I said this to you while we were walking to the Birkbeck on Thursday night. And I said, low basics, but really good win bonuses, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff, to incentivise the win, yeah, yeah, incentivise yeah, yeah. 
them that way rather than giving them really high basics and a little bit of a wimbo. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point there. At Euler One Fan, so they haven't been this depressed since May the third, nineteen seventy four. At least in the future looks promising. I'm possibly more amazed that you remember the last time you were depressed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, Chelsea Fish said, no words can describe the situation we're in at the moment. No words that haven't already been said, that is. Yeah, at Aussie 411. Says, I can't keep blaming managers. We've tried enough of them. It's the players that have to take responsibility. At Karen Orient, woeful. Worst performance in a long time. Even worse than against crew. <laughs> at Dean Middlehurst. Says, listen to the interview. Cavison cannot answer why the players don't want to play for him. Clueless. At Steve Cab 121 in the 46 years I've supported the O's, I've never felt so low than I do about do now about our club. And there's quite a few people saying that as well. Yeah, quite a lot of I that's, that's the most sad thing about this all. It's complete, people feel completely disengaged. Um, and I'm bothered about the club. And that's, that's the worst part, isn't it? So the final word on Sheffield United, and I'm glad we get to get out of the way, at Barry Mittelman, says, notwithstanding the management, the experienced players are a disgrace and embarrassment to themselves and the club. So, huge backlash there against the players starting to come yeah. out after that performance. <clears throat> basically, because Some of the basic individual errors are just down to individuals. It's not tactics. You can't train to under-hit a back pass. No, absolutely. That's a bad decision-making. You shouldn't have gone back. You should have cleared it. Absolutely. But anyway, to end, end uh, Sunday on a positive, the Orient ladies team are winning again, this time beating Fulham away from home in the cup um, they won 12-0 I know that's outrageous 12 without reply with 4 goals for, uh, from Sophie Lamarchand 3 for Hayley B 2 for Jazz 2 for Ellie and 1 for Lydia Cooper so kudos and congrats to the ladies how they're not doing a parade around the pitch I know get um, them on the pitch get them on the pitch good point there Get them on the pitch. That's so, outstanding. Monday, 7th of November, Alberto Kazavin talked to George Sessions about the squad. So he said, Michael Collins has arrived and he was somebody we needed in midfield because we have injuries. But we are not thinking about new faces. The squad is what we have and we have some players, nine in the team, who are very important to us. It is very important to have them back and Ivan Erico is almost ready to come back into the squad and this will give us a big hand in defence. In this moment, we have to think this is us and we have to go and achieve results with the team we have. So... Fair enough. Yeah, a better quote there from uh, Albert and then the one after the show. More coherent, isn't he? Absolutely. So Tuesday the eighth of November, Ollie Palmer is voted as the official player of the month for October, the official club player of the month. Yep. So well done, Ollie. Well done there, Ollie. Yeah. Top man. Well done. He came second in our poll, which is obviously more important. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to mention this game very briefly. Brighton away. This is the briefest I think we've ever done. It's, it's EFL it. when it's Brighton. Yeah. So the team was Chizak, Brighton and Academy. Brian's under 23, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, back five, Yance, Dunn, Pollock and Kennedy. Midfielder, Karoma, Collins, Benedicic and Semedo with McCallum and Simpson up front. Subs, quite a youthful bench was Granger, Adebayo, Judd, Dorby, Alzate, Oching and Clark. And basically we lost 1-0. Uh, we crashed out the EFL trophy due to a 1-0 defeat with Richie Tao goal in the 16th minute. And it seemed like a good experience for the young girls. I think quite a few of the subs got on the pitch. Um, Adebayo done well when he came on. Um, I think they all did pretty well. I think they all did work well. out of themselves. Yeah, we should. Have, we were lucky not to get a, get a draw out of that. We had a few good chances. I think in the last minute, Adebayo had a great chance where he put wide, and uh, in the second half, it looked like we battered them. But great experience. One tweet uh, from George Sessions, who just said Alberto Cavison confirms that the LOFC youth team have changed his mind tonight, and he now feels they are ready to play in the league after earlier stating previous week that they didn't think they were ready. Yeah. So. 
great to see the youth get out there and you know big ground the uh, is it the Wift team? No, they are at the Amex. At the Amex, so great experience there for the youth Beautiful who hadn't stadium. played before, and uh, it can only do those young players good. One that wasn't a terrible result. No, it's really not, and and it, it, there's no shame in it. Um, it's just a shame that we didn't win. Yeah, or, or at least get a point, and because it's on a league basis, we got knocked out. To be fair, the whole EFL trophy this season has been a complete farce, and no know, one's really like, enjoyed no it. No one's enjoyed it, and I, personally, I'm glad to be out of it and be done. And Focus on the league. Absolutely, absolutely. So Wednesday night for November, a day of birthdays. So happy birthday, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you. Raise Cheers. your glass, yeah. Thank you. So it's Paul Lee, Paul's birthday, Paul Levy's birthday. It was Paul's birthday. That's me. There were two other birthdays at the club. So happy twenty seventh birthday. To Clan- Clanham, I can't say names right tonight. Callum Kennedy. It's only water. <laughs> and happy 18th birthday to Josh Caroma. And it was also Joby McEnough's birthday. It was Joby McEnough's. So that's yeah, a great yeah. shout. Yes, it was so Joby. Four birthdays. He would have got a tweet if he was still an Orient player, but I deleted it from my phone. Ooh, no, fair play, mate. Only, not, uh, only, only Orient, Orient players, players get this yeah. Or ex Orient players. But or, then why didn't we do Or Joby? friends of the podcast. Well, proper like Orient players, not like Joby Mekin. Yeah, we tweeted Josh's <laughs> birthday on the 8th because his Wikipedia page says the 8th yeah, of November. And I tweeted him showing that's not what your Wikipedia page says. But that's cool. You you, you were born on a good day. Um, <laughs> now, one of these, a little bit from the left field here, really. Fraser Shaw joins National League South team East Thurrock United. I mean, that really surprised me again. Like, he was on our books. We released him at the end of last season. I thought he was incredibly unlucky last season. I thought he was doing well. He got injured. And then people like Adam Chickson came in. I got played over him, which I thought was is it insane. Sharp now, Chickson. Unbelievable. But I thought I thought Fraser had done well for us last season. I was surprised we didn't keep him. And he went to, obviously, Accrington Stanley. Yeah. In the season, and kind of got released because he couldn't settle up north or whatever. And now he's ended up... That's at, what I think has happened. He's ended up... At, um, He's done a, do a job at somewhere like Dagenham or somewhere with it. a bigger budget. Yeah, so I wish, wish uh, Fraser all the best. Yeah, I'm surprised personally that he signed for Accrington Stanley in the first place. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess if that's the only club coming in for you, but then yeah. you know he could probably be in the Conference National, but that's up to him and yeah. his agent. So we'll um, see. So. Yeah, and then Thursday the 10th was the Loft AGM, which was upstairs at the Birkbeck Tavern and... Many of you will probably know uh, Tom Davies. We spoke to Tom just before we came uh, on air, if you like, uh, and broadcast uh, or recorded. And um, Tom gives uh, gives us a, a quick overview about that evening and about the plans for the protest on Saturday. So here's Tom Davies from Loft. Oh, when I put the volume up. Have a quick chat with us. Now, last Thursday, uh, the 10th of November, we all gathered at the Birkbeck Tavern for the Loft AGM, which was extremely well attended. Um, do you just want to give us an overview um, and obviously help those that perhaps haven't sort of been keeping up with social media, what, what's, what the outcome of it was, and just give us a, a quick overview? Uh, well, first of all, it was, it was astonishing well att- astonishingly well attended meeting. It's the best attended meeting Loft I've ever had. Um, and it was quite obviously encouraging in terms of the general atmosphere in the, in the meeting, in terms of people's uh, people asking questions and people having lots to say and, and, and lots of concerns. Uh, in terms of what we what we called the meeting and, and, and the motions that we got formally passed, um, one was obviously what we wanted to kind of outline our position about um, about the collectives running as a club in general and uh, you know, seeking some kind of change of change of tack, really, I guess. Um, and I mean, 
we, we, we were very careful not to say this is, this is not a Bicchetti out motion, but we're just saying that if, he, if the club carries on being run in the way that has been in the last two and a half years, then it would be in all of our interests for him to, um, to put the club up for sale and see if we can find a, a sort of better type of ownership. Um, in connection with that and presenting that was um, a guy on our committee called Adam Michelson, who's, um, who works in commercial finance and um, is quite fairly knowledgeable about um, about fundraising and about uh, got some good um, connections in football. He knows people at Portsmouth and AFC Wimbledon and things like that. So he kind of did quite a lot of work on on what what was feasible as a, as a potential kind of you know crisis plan if, if if the worst came to the worst. So he presented that, and there was quite a lot of a lively Q and A around that. Um, I quite like the fact you know that quite a lot of people sort of did ask some questions and, and played devil's advocate and things like that because you need. You need that when you're presenting a you're presenting a proposal. You don't want everyone to just nod along, and go, "Yeah, okay, I think you're right." So it was good to sort of see a good sort of robust discussion about that. But it got past, uh, you know, to see that motion. Um, similarly, we had uh, one about that obviously organising a protest, um, and there was some discussion about how that should, what form that should take. Um, we've been in contact with Black with the Blackpool Fans Trust to give it a kind of potential Fans United kind of day. Um, uh, so because we had two you know, two clubs with concerns about their owners, um, we've had a good response from them. Um, and then there was some um, there was some motion also on, on wider football um, matters around the uh, English football uh, 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 restructure proposals, um, yeah, which yeah. Dave Knight presented. Um, so there was yeah there was they, they were the, they were the main kind of strands of what we were talking about really. Uh, so it was a busy uh, a busy evening, and obviously Matt. Uh, Porter was there as well. He done a Q and A, which was really yeah. Good. And that was fine. the second part of the meeting was was Matt um, getting being quite candid actually about uh, various things to do with uh, his time and the transition and um, yeah, where we, where he thinks we've been going wrong. Um, obviously, because he's still you know still a fan and stuff, so he had he had some kind of uh, yeah, speak from the heart a little bit as well as some from his own experience. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the you know, interesting kind of. Uh, So obviously, kind of like you've already stated, the protest was agreed to go before the Blackpool game, which is this upcoming Saturday. So do you yeah. want to kind of give a bit more details on that? So where does it start? Uh, yeah, well, the idea is to um, get people to gather up the Birkbeck, um, which obviously became a very big focal point on our first day and has been a, a, a fairly big orient pub over the years at various times. Uh, so getting people to gather at the Birkbeck Tavern in Langthorn Road um, for sort of 1.30 for a 2 o'clock departure. So maybe come in, get a pint and then... Yeah. Uh-huh. 
know, our passion for um, for the team and our concerns about um, what's gone wrong, really. Um, and I, I, I kind of been thinking about it a bit in recent days, and uh, a good precedent, I think, for a day like this was going right back to the 90s when Brighton uh, had their first fans United Day when they played Hartlepool uh, in 1997, which actually me and a couple of Orwick fans went along to. And that, they ended up winning 5 0 that day, but it was quite a kind of celebratory atmosphere at that match. Um, yeah, there was obviously the process against Brighton's owners at the time about what they were doing to their ground, but there was it, it basically seemed to galvanise um, the atmosphere in the ground and galvanise the team. So it'd be nice if we could do the same sort of thing. If we win 5 0, me and Paul will buy you a pint on front. <laughs> So just just to be quite clear on that, Tom. Then because uh, I've seen a lot of people on on so, well, a couple of people on social media about hesitant taking their kids along. Um, others saying that you know you, you know this is an unwelcome distraction to the team and uh, about uh, you know supporting the team and whatnot. This is absolutely just just to be clear from what you said and from what I heard at that meeting that I was at as well is that this is a positive protest and is not in any way aimed at booing the players or detracting from what their what the job at hand right. is, is is which is getting three points and to support the team on uh, at three o'clock. Oh, absolutely, yeah, no, there's no intention of, um, of getting on the players' backs really. I mean, obviously, sometimes individuals do during games, but no, it's actually it's, it's very very much the opposite of that. And in terms of what the atmosphere on the kind of march or protest might be like, I mean, we've told we've told that we've informed the police about it. We've, we've, we're arranging our own stewarding and, and doing it in a way that kind of quite a formal demonstration would be organised. It's not just going to be a rabble. Um, and I sort of intend to take my own four-year-old daughter along with me, so I would, I would very much uh, hope and trust it. It's a family-friendly kind of kind of um, occasion. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, wear your colours and yeah, stand up for the Orient, really. Stand is the kind of general, and that's in the 18th, 81st minute, isn't it? And the eighty um, seventh, or is that not? The eighteenth, certainly eighty one. I think possibly again, you may just. I mean, there's been some discussions still going on about that, but it may well be another kind of just stand up, wavy banners kind of thing. Um, but again, it's not going to be a booing uh, type of uh, gesture. It will be a kind of you know sticking you know, sticking up for the club, really sticking yeah. up for what um, what is valued about the club, really, and what we all what we all love about it. So, um, Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for your time uh, again, Tom, and we look forward to seeing you Saturday. OK, lovely, thanks. So that was Tom Davies there from Loft, so thank you to Tom for getting up his time. And yeah, I thought Thursday was a very good uh, good meeting, good content in there. It was so busy, it was really hot in there. They had to kind of keep moving people forward to fit more people um, in at the back, and it was great to meet a few people. So we met Kevin Cowlin, we met Ryan, who's at Linden Orient, and we met Paul Parry, and it was great to speak to other Orient fans so well done there to all involved with Loft and obviously if you want to go and protest you're more than welcome to do so on Saturday and then if you're not obviously you don't, don't have to but I hope that cleared up a few things about the actual protest there and dispels a few myths yeah, that, that we have hope so. somehow being created so moving on then Friday the 11th of November making uh, happy sorry happy 18th birthday to second year scholar Henry Ocheng, who just three days after making his eight, uh, his his debut, I can't talk now. Oh. So happy birthday, pal! Well done. Yeah, and then also ahead of the trip to Colchester, Alberto Caverson spoke to the official website and he said, "We know that the league is our main concern, and we start again this weekend at Colchester following the short break away from league responsibilities. We all know the situation we find ourselves in down at the bottom of the table, and now we need to start picking up some much needed points. We have to show on the pitch." that the team is solid and that we have the right values and ability to turn our fortunes around in this division. 
there is no better chance than tomorrow to show everybody our value and desire. So there's sort of a few rogue words in there, like our value. Like it's just not. Know. Yeah, it's just not translated. It's just right. not translated yeah. right. I th- I think the translator's not really doing what I don't know. I don't no, know. I think it's just because he's literal translating rather yeah. than turning it into what would it. make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's because I mean, to be fair, Rob Gagliardi did that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. One thing he did oh, do well okay. was translate. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so the youth team are drawn away against Leicester City uh, in the in round three of the FA Youth Cup if they beat Paul in the second round. So that's a massive game. And because the FA Youth Cup is played in the grounds, that will actually be played at the King Power Stadium. So that will be a massive game. Yeah, so you play, nice you, stadium, play you, you play all the FA Youth games in the, in the ground. So okay. if they beat Paul tomorrow... Which we'll come on to in next week's fixtures when they get mentioned, they will play at in the actual King Power Stadium. Oh wow! So that'd be a great, spoke about a great experience. Yeah, nice from playing at the uh, Shame it won't Amex, be but doesn't matter. I think they'll get enough. They normally big Premiership clubs normally get mm. charge nothing to get into that. So great incentive there for the under eighteen. So Saturday twelfth of November, Saturday just gone. So we had Colchester away in our local derby. So in goal was Alex Chizak, back four Hunt, Erico, Parks, and Kennedy. Midfield of Ware, Atingana, Collins and Massey, Palmer and Simpson up front. Subs, Sergeant, Dunn, Pollock, Oching, Semedo, Adeberger and McCallum. So that was seven changes from Tuesday, including Ivan Erico who returned from injury and Michael Collins got his first league start. So for me, I thought that was an okay team. Uh, Bowery, has he been dropped? Is he injured? I haven't seen anything. Who knows? anything. Who knows? Yance, Yance gone. I know, he, I think he got injured against Brighton so maybe that's worse. Um, and Palmer obviously got taken off against Sheffield United but came back six days later so I take it he was fine and also interestingly Cavasson Cav- spoke after the Brighton game saying the youth are ready but then there's not really many youth in that well that, Sergeant, Dan, uh, Sar- yeah, sorry, Sergeant Pollock we're not within the starting Ocheng and it's quite a youthful bench but yeah any, you any thoughts? Yeah, just agree that it's an okay team and not much more really to add to that. I'm not I, when I wrote this, I really wasn't holding out any hope. But you know, um, something we didn't think of that came back was the diamond. Yeah, I hadn't planned. That wasn't an obvious one for for us. I thought we'd be free midfield with Messi playing more attacking. But yeah, the diamond returned and. You know, a certain Mr. Simpson loves playing in the diamond, which we'll come on to that shortly. That's obviously where he, how yeah. he plays well. So we get loads of tweets before the match. We'll just mention one from at Kevin Cowlin. She said, after Cavison's comments midweek, oh, he's actually just tweeted us live as we're doing this. No way has he picked that team. Erico instead of done. Seriously, no pace in the team either. So a few, a few people not too impressed with the team. Um, no. But... That was that. And 20 minutes before kickoff, George Sessions tweeted that Alberto Cavasin was deep in conversation with Vito Michelli on the pitch just a few minutes ago. What does the operations manager need to say now? Yeah, a bit balmy, isn't it? A bit balmy to have your ops manager. On the pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. What's he doing? Crazy. So, like we just said, we started with the diamond and midfield with Collins playing just behind the front two. And in the 11th minute, we took the lead. Joe yeah, Simpson scored his first goal of the season in the 11th minute. Uh, a bit of a defensive error there by Colchester. I think one of the guys went to toe poke it back and straight into Simpson's path. So one touch, set himself up nicely. A good finish. I like the fact that after he scored, there was like a two-second delay between the goal going in and the cheers from the away fans. It was like the away fans couldn't really believe he'd scored. Yeah. There's like a massive delay. I know we behind the other goal. But he seemed to score and then run off. And it seemed like a well, a well-long delay. 
and Simpson <laughs> runs off and we find ourselves one up and a good finish there by Simpson great amazing to see. great goal so just two minutes later Simpson gets another chance immediately after his goal firing a powerful shot which is well saved and parried by yeah by Sam Walker yeah and in the next kind of 25 minutes it sounded like it was a bit of a poor game uh, right we're both okay. struggling to kind of find much rhythm it was a bit of a poor half yeah, yeah. overall, wasn't it? But Full, then, cool. yeah, no, sorry. In the 40th minute, Massey does well on the right and keeps going, gets inside the box, but his cross can't find Simpson and Colchester managed to clear. Yeah, 41st minute, right, got the ball onto his right foot, tried to curl a shot uh, past Chizak, but easy save there for Chizak. And in one minute, stoppage time's played, and this was Colchester's best chance. I should have really scored this. Cross came into the box, uh, and Guthrie kind of ran in unmarked, stuck his foot out, and put it into the ground and it bounced over the bar but fortunate to get away with that one really okay. fortunate yeah, yeah. Really so okay. we went half in time. half time yep yeah, one up yep yeah, with an attendance of 7,003 hard, hardy souls uh, 1,122 of those were Leighton Orient that's fans a, that's, a, that's a good turn it's not bad that's a good turn I expected again, a November more. it's horrible it's but cold. we always play them in think end, about think about how kind of what issues there have been on the pitch this year you know on and off the pitch it's that's a good turnout for a it team twenty third in League Two. To be fair, quite a few of them would be home game. Colchester would be that home game. Yeah, for yeah, like it's absolutely. Actually closer to go yeah. there than Orient, but absolutely. Second half kicked off, no changes or substitutions, and just literally two minutes into the second half, there's a goal. Yep. Nicky Hunt picked up the ball from the edge of the box, drove into the box, and smashed it low into the right hand side of the net for two 0 Yeah, good think- finish. I thought the keeper should have done better. There. He seemed really slow to kind of get down. Um, but taking up it away from Nicky Hunt really good shot good finish um, and good to see us score straight after half time normally goes the other way normally it's us conceding straight after half time yeah. uh, Nicky Hunt by the way first goal since April 2012 ending a run of 144 appearances well done, without a goal for Nicky Hunt Deb did massive ever since I gave Nicky that prep talk down Deb's done Broadway. well he's done well he's so. up his game well done Nicky maybe he thinks you're connected <laughs> um, who says I'm not connected yeah 49th <laughs> minute Guthrie spurns a brilliant chance to pull a goal back for Colchester but he fired wide yeah 63rd minute Chizak pulled off a good save from Dickinson uh, as Guardian Orient then tweeted that Palmer keeps losing possession and that we should start thinking about a sub yeah um, but just three minutes later, there was another goal. A three nil uh, is the now is now the scoring as a cracker from Jay Simpson smashing it in uh, in from about twenty five yards out into the back of the net. Uh, the O's bench, yeah. all of them were up celebrating. Yeah. A little bit similar to last season's goal against Plymouth. I thought it was very similar to last season's goal against Plymouth, where he got it outside the box, cuts onto his right, smack, bang. Palmer did well to win the header. Palmer done very well there to win the header. Great goal at that point. He took it well because uh, he still had two players on him since. He's done very at, well. At that just time. struck it. Sometimes he's a bit tip tappy around the box and seems to want to take a bit of a while before he shoots. And then other times, like hey, he just gets it out of his feet really quickly. And great finish. No chance for the keeper. Goal's got quite a bit of coverage on Twitter today. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people loving that goal. So well done, Jay Simpson, three 0 So after that game over for us, really 79th minute. Samedo came on for Gavin Massey, who got a good ovation actually from the Colchester fans. Did he really? Said. So nice to see. Him. You know what it's like, you go back to your ex-club and you have a blind, I think Massey done quite well. Amazing, it? yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the 84th minute, two-goal Jay Simpson gets a standing ovation as he too is substituted and replaced by Paul McCallum. Yeah, and in the 90th minute, Victor Adebojo came on for Oli Palmer. So four minutes of stoppage time were played and the full-time whistle went and we won. 3-0. Yeah, so bloody one. Caversin said, it was a victory for the whole team. They have earned the winter. They were a very compact performance. When you were in 3-0, there will always be good quality on show out on the pitch and the teams have credit for their efforts. 
It was fundamental that we came away from today with something and the team demonstrated this afternoon how much they wanted the victory. We used a different formation today as the objective was to support the two strikers more. It worked well and we managed to provide the strikers with a good amount of service whilst also playing the ball into the channels when required in both the first and second half. He goes on to say, We knew that we needed to support the strikers more uh, than we have done in previous matches and for Jay to score two goals the way he did today is very important though as a whole team... We, uh, though as the whole team put in a fantastic level of performance so long may that continue yeah so well done there as a league table so that league that win meant we move up to 19th in the league so played 16 won 5 drawn 3 lost 8 18 points goal difference of minus 1 so this is how crazy the league is at the moment so with 2 points off relegation but only 5 points now off the playoff places so you know it's really mad it, it's 4 points plus 1 goal yes. so oh that's three, why you put 5 yeah okay but if you like stats this is a good one we are second from bottom at home, right? On home form. On home form, yeah. And second away, on away form. It's amazing, isn't it? Tells you all you need to know. So, yeah. very strange. So, your views on Saturday, Mr Levy? Yeah, outstanding result, really. And I think the only one person that predicted that would happen. But when I saw the team, I, I, when I was writing this, I don't know that I'm articulating this very well. When I saw the team, I really wasn't impressed. Yeah. But when I've seen stronger teams in previous games and I thought they'd do a job... You weren't impressed. And, and they didn't, and yet we've put out an unimpressive yeah, yeah, team yeah, yeah. and then gone and won. So, again, with foot goes back to football not being played on yeah. paper. So, um, it just goes to show you, never, never judge a team on paper. Uh, one win doesn't change the season. It, you know, it would be nice if it was a turning point, but you'd have to get two or three games out of that for it, for this to be a turning point. So, you know, the, the, the most important thing is we're at the relegation zone now. Uh, it's such a tight league that, again, we're only a few points off the playoffs. Uh, we've got to build on this, but it will depend on who turns up for the Blackpool game. Yeah, good point. I hope it stays the same for, for the line-up there, but we'll see. So for yep. me, yeah, very surprising and a nice, convincing win. When I saw the lineup, like you, I wasn't sure, but fair play to the boys. Um, Simpson looked bang on form, and maybe playing the diamond is essential to bringing out the best in him. And hopefully, if it is, Caverson's figured that out. Great to see a clean sheet, long time coming. And great to see a goal from uh, the Debden crew, massive from Nicky Hunt. And uh, when Nicky Hunt scored, there were lots of fans actually tweeting about their Nicky Hunt song. So Bolton have got a song for Nicky Hunt called All We Want is a Team of Nicky Hunt. And I don't know what the. Uh, what the tune to that song is, but I'll be it's quite interested. Going to be I think I feel like it's Yellow like, Submarine. Yes, we all want a, a team of Nicky Hunt. A team of Nicky Hunt. So I quite like that. Um, but vitally important, we don't get carried away, but we do carry the form into next Saturday's game against we Blackpool. Hope. But I would like to see, like I've just said, keep the same formation, keep that same lineup, see how they get on. Colchester may have been poor. I think a few people said Colchester were poor, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Anyways, 3 0 away win. Can't say more than that. Yeah, happy very happy days. with that. Yeah. Very happy with that, but we're not going to get carried away. Yeah. So those were our views, your views, and there were loads of them. Again, apologies if we've not re- we're not reading your one out. It's not intentional. It's just we're overwhelmed sometimes. At oh dear Wallsheet, maybe the six 0 demolition will be the t- be a turning point. Unbelievable result in the context of how terrible we've been. Yeah, good point. At Lynn Wells eighty one said the delight for the team and for the fans, and especially for Nicky Hunt who deserves a break. Yeah. At Boatsy, hopefully a turning point, but need to. Back this up with home wins to move up the table. Still papers over some of the cracks. Yeah, at Len M4. Sedorian have won a game of football convincingly and without conceding. We've witnessed a footballing miracle. <laughs> at Janine Adaman said, great improvement, especially from Weir and Simo ending his drought. Collins looked lively too. It's good to hear Good, good reports good on, hit on Collins. And Weir as well, which is yeah. about time. So good to see. At Barry, at Barry, at Barry LV1. 
said, such a tight league, League 2. Stevenage just went from 20th to 10th and back again in a few minutes. <laughs> I saw that. How's your luck? That was crazy. So they, Yeovil yeah. scored in the last minute to get two all draw away at Stevenage and they dropped 10 places. And well done to Ryan Hedges who scored for Yeovil. He did, well. He's yeah, doing well there. Yeah, he's doing well there. Um, Jamie Jones apparently is doing well at Stevenage, I hear. I see he's a lot of goals there, I've got to tell you. Good. Uh, at Richie J. Bourne, great result and a better performance. Protest aside, a, uh, protest aside, a big game next week against a good team. Need to perform at home. Yeah, good point. At Best Snooker JP, he says, wow, didn't expect the clean sheet win. Glad Simpson is scoring. Something fishy is going on though. Lost seven at home in eight and lost one in eight away. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember the days where we like, or in at home, you would never lose. You just couldn't win away, though. Yeah. Like an hour. Terrible away from like one one yeah. in fifty or games or something like yeah. two seasons. Yeah. Um, Joe Watts nine tweeted very simply: paper over the crap. Yeah. At mid tower seventy three said never saw that result coming. A good result, but won't be getting carried away. So similar to what we said there. Yeah. At Orient Fan TV, Simpson scoring again. Tick. Hunt scoring first for the club. Tick. Clean sheet. Tick. Three points. Tick. And need to win at home though, starting next week. Yeah. Thanks at, for that, Luke. At RD Manda said that people who after this win use the words turning point are a lot more optimistic than I am. So saying that he doesn't think the corner's been turned yet. Yeah, that people are using bit, those yeah. words is 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 a little bit more optimistic. Yeah. yeah, at Charlie underscore Paul, fantastic win. But do we need to kick on but we do need to kick on from here and go on a run. The only way to get back sorry. That's the only way to get the fans back on side. Sorry, I can't read. At Joe underscore Pavitt said, I doubt this is a turning point as much as I'd love it to be. Amazing win though. Time to get our club back. Roll on the 19th. At Emo Havering, Simpson is the best striker in a division by miles. Great to have him back and bang on form. Yeah, at Robin Saunders 65 said, a very important victory. Whatever our views on what has or is occurring at the club, let's all just celebrate the win. And that's the thing, you know, there's still fans arguing on that Twitter time on a Saturday night We've just won 3-0, so I can't say any more than that. It pals, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, IR Matthews, FC, awful conditions, but didn't mind getting soaked seeing the commitment from the team. Yeah, good word there, commitments. what we've all been waiting for and wanting exactly. to see from that team. At Jelly Dar, says four points behind them on playoff places. The hope is there. The boys now need to perform at home. Loving League 2 at the moment where everyone can win. I mean, that's... Apart from Plymouth and Portsmouth, who were just smashing everyone inside, and Carlisle, who Carlisle, finally lost yeah. the who on Saturday, yeah. Yeah. It, everyone else is just being everyone else. It's just just a mental Mad division, it. isn't it? Yeah. Um, at J.E. Staff said, got to give Alberto some credit today. No idea what formation we were playing, but it worked a charm. Such a relief. Great win. Yeah, and like I said, you've got to give credit to Alberto when we do win. Absolutely. He takes the flat when we lose. Maybe the diamond is the way forward. Yeah. Strange one. At John Macker, 1977, says a vital win. Great that Semo got off the mark. We have to build on this. One thing's for sure, with the protest at the Blackpool game, everyone's going to be up for it, and it should be a cracking atmosphere. And that's what I guess has been lacking. It's been right for the last couple of months, I would say. Apart from the Plymouth game, that I missed because I was on plane, but... And it probably didn't happen for the right reasons because we were down to nine men so early. But if we get a cracking atmosphere, it could be one hell of a game on Saturday. Yeah, could absolutely be one hell of a cracking atmosphere. At Pandemonium 1881 said, no corner turned as part of the bigger picture, but a very important win. And it's nice to relax Saturday evening. Has to be repeated versus Blackpool. Yeah, at Bill Fleet, he says, Cole United were very poor, but let's hope we can kick on now and frustrate the protesters. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. At Kevin Cowland, can't quite understand how that happened. Weird, but we'll take it and hope the corner turned. 
Joe's different class today. Shows you what a difference Joe Simpson can make when he's on it. When he's on it, yeah. When he's being serviced. Yeah, yeah. When he's being given the crosses. Bill, hopefully the interview earlier on with Tom Davies helps helps to answer any questions or, or dispel any myths that you you, you yeah, misconceptions absolutely, you yeah. may have had about the protest as uh, well. Jamie Stripes is again like Hartlepool second half needs to be carried on into the first half against Blackpool. We should be miles better than our league placing. Yeah. At Jaffa Shamuti said, What a cracking performance. Rarely looked like losing it. Ericott looked solid. Simo back on form. They were a proper team. Great comment. I at, like that. At Dumar. says, So nice to see us win for a change, even though Col- Colchester United weren't very good, much like we've been recently. Yeah. Uh, Wilman Day, lots of tweets about postponing the march, etc. Rubbish. A win doesn't change the reasons behind it. Go ahead, stand up. Yeah, at the minute it's 1881. So it's not fantastic, but better. Too many times there was no outlet, pass and move, and use the wings more instead of going inside. And then dot, 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 overlaps, exclamation mark. So yeah. even though 3 we're getting people... Still being critical. Yeah, yeah. at Soph underscore Rosie underscore TFB, just because we have won a game doesn't mean we should stop the protest. Yeah, so lots of tweets about the protest coming in. At ReedyQB9, it's lucky to go in one or at half-time with them missing a sitter on the 45-minute. Mm. Much better second half and deserved the win overall. At Kai Showing, said, great to get three points and I'm sure it's given the team a confidence boost. But, sad to say, the underlying problems are still there. Yeah, and Les underscore Bristow says, good goals, clean sheet, great result, poor position. We start here, but still got plenty to improve upon. Yeah, and the final word goes to dear Stu this week. Think we need to give him an. Think we need to give Uncle Fester a bit of credit for changing the formation. We looked more solid in the middle and tore Colchester apart second half. We need to win at home now. Yep. So thank you for all your tweets. There were all tweets that came into our in outlook, and there's quite a lot we couldn't mention just because of the timing. Um, so thanks for your tweets. Keep sending them in. Send them in to us this week on the protest on the match, on anything Orient related this week and we will retweet and get our best to Absolutely. mention in the podcast. So prediction league update. This is quite a staggering prediction league update. This, this was. Week. So there was only one correct prediction. So uh, there's still quite a, lot, quite a lot of tweets for an Orient win. Um, but only one person predicted 3-0 to the Orient. Um, so well done to Atnino Barone 27 who was that person. And he also predicted two goals for Jay Simpson. Um, therefore getting five points. So three points for the correct score. And two points for the Simpson double. Awesome work. So that means that now Nina Barone, 27, is the leader in the prediction league on 15 points with MP Allen, 222, who is second on 11 points. There's loads of people on 10 and 9 points. It's still well up for grabs. It's only November. Full table was on our Facebook page. Well, well done, everybody. There. Fantasy Football League update. Elliot Hartfree Pierce leads the league now, but it's changed at the top. Yeah, it has changed at the top. Uh, 629 points. You're on there, Elliot. Well done, pal. Um, just two points ahead of George Stone, so don't get complacent and be careful about your transfers. Steve, <laughs> sadly, you slid down to 27. What's happened? I don't know. Well, I had um, Callum Wilson, who didn't play, who was withdrawn at the last minute. I had Danny Blint, who didn't play. Oh, so they dumped me there. That big style. So, okay. never mind. So, moving on to yesterday, Sunday 13th of November. Um, so, O supporters and friends of the club joined up with members of the Leighton branch of the Royal British Legion, along with members of the Public and Coronation Gardens for the Remembrance Day ceremony, where the Orient Bugle team and the 17th Powers Battalion Band were in attendance, along with pipers from the Legion, and a wreath was laid to remember the Orient lads of 1916. So, well done to that for the club for sorting lovely yeah, uh, gesture sure. there by the community and by the club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, goals from Ellie, Sophie Lamarchan and Bellum Ripple. 
give the ladies a 3-1 win over Cambridge City. The ladies progressed to the first round of the FA Cup. Yep, so, so well done, congrats. ladies. They have to come from behind in that match as yeah, well. Yeah, they did. They went 1-0 down. Yeah, yeah, so well done right. to the ladies well done. there. So moving on to today, Monday the 14th of November. So Jay Simpson is named in the EFL Team of the Week. And Jay is also named in the Football League's Paper League 2 Team of the Day, along with Nicky Hunt. So well done there to Jay. And well done to Nicky Hunt. So well done, fellas. And hope this time next week when we're talking about the Teams of the Week again, that you'll be in that team and we'll be talking about you. Absolutely, in in the most positive of ways. Now, Absolutely. Um, as we uh, sort of look to close out this week's uh, episode, uh, just a couple of more bits and pieces to go through. The Orient women's team have been drawn away to Spurs in the FA Cup first round, uh, ladies FA Cup first round, so that's a big one for yeah, them. Yeah, and the ladies also play Spurs this weekend in the League Cup quarterfinals, I think it oh, is. So, uh, ladies are absolutely flying. That's going to be a tough game against playing a playing the Spurs so that's it so that's the fortnight that was so on to the positives and negatives of the last fortnight so do you want to do positives yep or? yeah yep, fine a win finally yeah uh, good feeling nice yeah feeling. it feels good and not I just a win but like an emphatic win as well was a yeah and people result. are saying yeah but Colchester were rubbish but teams are beating us when we were rubbish uh, mate, absolutely. a win to win to win to win you know yeah. three points yeah. is all that matters Simpson scoring his brace, Nicky Hunt scoring uh, as well, which is very cool. Um, and obviously being able to keep a, a clean sheet. Yeah, um, I think that's massive. Which is, that, which is big. Massive. After a 6 0 defeat, to keep a clean sheet yeah. as well, away from home. And maybe, you know, Erico is standing in the corner. It's good to see Erico come back, clean sheet. I know you've not been his biggest fan. I no. still think he's all right. So He's possibly improving. Possibly, slowly. yeah. So maybe I've been a bit harsh. But we'll so see. negatives, so three negatives this week. Out of all the cups, do you know what? For me, that's not really a negative. I'm happy with that. I know, no, I know it's financially, but, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not fussed about that. Second negative, trouble off the field still so still hearing rumours and obviously you know Vito on the pitch 20 minutes before kickoff against Colchester blah blah la di da di da and then the last one this could go both ways so we put fans feel they have to protest to get their voices heard by the owner so it's not a, we're not saying the protest is a negative no the negative it's got to this part where protest needs to be needs had to be done to have that contact yeah. with Bichetti so those were our positives and negatives of the fortnight so our heroes of the fortnight so we've got two a group and a an group individual. and an individual so should we drum roll it go so on. the first one is so well done to the Orient Youth, youth Team, team. Yeah, yeah, Southend 6-0 and an action that they will come on to they should be given like OBEs and stuff for that <laughs> they should that's be. the stuff that legends are made of and then the second era of the fortnight yeah absolutely and drum Scoring a brace, Jay Simpson. Yeah, well done, so, well Great to have you back, mate. Great to have you back. Good to see you back on the score sheet. So, yeah. this week's fixtures. Tomorrow, the youth team, which is going to be Tuesday, yeah. uh, travel to Paul in the second round of the FA Cup, uh, FA Youth Cup. Yeah, so if they win that, Leicester away. So, good luck good luck to the guys. I'm sure, I presume the main account will be following that match. I'm pretty sure they will, actually. I'm not sure. Big, big match. I'm not sure how that will work, yeah. uh, to be honest. Then on Saturday, as you'll probably know, we entertain Blackpool. <laughs> I use that in the loosest sense of the term, probably. Blackpool currently ninth in the league and just one point off the playoffs following their 4-0 home win over Notts County on Saturday. They spanked Notts County, mate. They got, they got the a player called Vassell, who I've not heard of before, but he's got he's into double figures this season. He looked quite lively. They looked they look all right, actually. For not Darius Vassell. The old... No, 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 no. It's like Carl Vassell. Oh, um, Carl Vassell, yeah. But, yeah, they, they, their goals were very Decent. good. They look like they're right from set pieces as well, worryingly. A couple of goals were from set pieces. Right. Be a difficult game that one. Yeah. 
Um, we welcome back Armin Nandale, who has done very well at Blackpool, as has as well as welcoming back yeah. Jack Payne, ex Looney so, from a season ago. So they're the fixtures this week, as well as the ladies' team who play Spurs on Sunday. So get yourselves to any of those games. So that's it. So thanks for joining us for episode eighty-four. So another podcast. Mr. Levy, only another 15 now to go into yeah. the Big 100. So if any of you got any ideas about the Big 100, let us know. Get your emails in and start tweeting us because, you know, those 15 weeks are going to fly by and then we'll be approaching 100. So what can we do for episode 100 that's going to make it different from the rest? So episode yeah. 50, we've done in the Supporters Club. We had Matt Simpson there. We had Karen there. We had... Howard. West Ando. We Matt had Howard Ford. there. Matt Porter yeah Matt Porter it was a great evening so the 100 is George Sessions approaching George Sessions as well well that was an episode it was a great episode I loved it so out of all well a strange two weeks I think fair to say out of the FA Cup out of the EFL Trophy but a good win against Colchester so there's still life in the Orient yet the youth and ladies team continue to do well but matters off the pitch still dominate the headlines and probably will with the rest of the week dominated probably by the Loft protest on Saturday so whether you protest or not, get behind the boys regardless on Saturday. Let's make it an atmosphere at Brisbane Road and sing up for the Orient. So we'll be back next week with episode 85 with all the information, news and views that you could ever need. And as always, we look forward to hearing from you. And keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks for listening and up the O's. Up the O's.